0: Hi, good morning. It is Melinda from Hope When There Was None and I am on this teachable Tuesday coming live to discuss all things related to emotional traumas and abuse. So today is what is abuse and it's hard to really know if you're in an abusive relationship and I'm not going to go through the science today. Um, For October, I will start breaking down everything all related to abuse from what abuse looks like, to love bombing, to healing, recovery, and so on and so on. But for today, let's talk about what abuse looks like. And it's usually in the form of some sort of control, okay? And we can see this in just uh, a myriad of different types of situations, in different types. Of, and thank you for joining me, whoever's watching today. Um, different situations, different backgrounds and this doesn't necessarily mean it's between yourself and an intimate partner this could be uh Sometimes you see this a lot in a workplace where there's an abuse of power or in the political arena, the world leaders, um, our medical community right now, you can see this abuse of power. You can see this control that people can want to have or thrive for or even enforce different countries, foreign countries. Sometimes you see this and so it can Mr. Awesome, we're getting ready to go soon. Um, but though that's something that you can view, okay? And you hear about in the news, that sort of thing. And then there's also your substance abuse, your addictions, uh, alcohol, and so on and so on. But then you can get into the other ones. And that would be physical abuse, your mental abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, sexual, uh, religious abuse, financial abuse, cyber abuse. So there's just a big bunch of different other ways that people do abuse others. And this could be child abuse, elder abuse, I can go on and on. But if you listen to experts on the subject, you will find that there's an escalation of these. Or maybe it's just just that uh, we live in such a where news just travels really fast now. I mean, it's 24-7, you have the news, you, you go to your TV now. I mean, back in my day, I'm back in the 70s, <laughs> I'm dating myself a little, back in the 70s, when you turned on the news, like, let's, or excuse me, when you turned on the TV, if it was before, see if I can remember, before five o'clock, you just got this testing pattern. If it was at a certain time, and even if you turned it off, like, at, midnight or one o'clock, you would get, at 10 o'clock, you would get this recording that says, hey, do you know where your children are? And then a little bit later, like after midnight or one o'clock or something, you would get the test pattern. And, you know, there would be this buzz, almost like uh, you get emergency system now, but there would be something that I'm recalling and you wouldn't have anything on TV from like one in the morning until like four or five or something like that. But now we are such a uh, news driven, such a an information now type of society that that's unheard of, right? And back in the day, if the president was on, you were screwed because there was nothing to listen to except the president or something like that. But now I'm thinking we hear a lot more about this because I talk to people, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it wasn't like this back in the day, but I think it was. There was a lot of closed doors. You didn't hear about abuse. You didn't hear about the molestations or the murders even, a lot of the crimes, just because we didn't have that like we do now. And, you know, even the newspapers, you would have to wait for the newspaper to come out sometime to get your news before, before because there was no TV before that. Um, so you can hear that there's an escalation. But again, I think this is something that's not new. Uh, when you get your pedophiles and your sexual deviants and things like that in other, other types of things, I think we now have, unfortunately, more readily material for them to, to use. I'm not gonna get into that, but people of every age, every gender, every ethnic ba- background are affected in one way or another of abuse. And sometimes you don't even realize that it's happening to you. You you really are kind of like, oh, I didn't know I was in that kind of situation. But we all know somebody perhaps that is a little bit of a bully. They're a little boisterous. Maybe we don't like to be around that person, but we know of somebody. Maybe we haven't directly been affected, but we do know somebody that perhaps is like that. Now, there are organizations out there that promote awareness. There's campaigns and different services as well, trying to get the message out. There's people, beautiful survivors that come forward. I know many of them are wanting to share their story. Maybe they've had it planted on their heart. Maybe God has said, hey, you need to do this, uh, such as myself. And so they break that silence. They break that victimization by leaving, many of us do, but it's coming back. It's very big, coming and sharing your story. In um, I'm not going to say you're unafraid, because you are. You're afraid. There's some shame. Uh, you might feel that you're going to be scrutinized by sharing your story, and then there might be people that don't believe that you actually endured what you endured. You might fear that retaliation. You might fear that uh, you won't have any support from those around you. Even the legal system sometimes can be a little bit on the sticky side. And it can feel like you're very alone during this time, really and truly. But radical change can start with maybe coming forward to make that leap into telling somebody that this is going going on in your life, that uh, you need help. You aren't sure exactly what's going on in your life, but you know something's wrong. And like I mentioned before, I didn't even know I was an abusive relationship until I jumped out. And that was the first time in 2007 where the worker told me, she's like, Melinda, you're an abusive relationship. I started telling her different things. And I'm like, no, because abuse looks like being beaten with a bat, or it looks like somebody putting me in the hospital, or it looks like, um, just different things that you conjure up from Hollyweird. They, you know, kind of put it on the screen sometimes and you just think that, or in the news you hear about different things and it's like, well, that's abuse. What I went through, that's not abuse. And to downplay the emotional abuse, the verbal things, you know, my my worth, you know, they go ahead and they call you names. they um, They just make you feel so small. And so you don't think that's abuse. You really don't. You might have grown up in a relationship with your family members, your mom or your dad, brother or sister or someone. And so this becomes normal. Some of these things have become so normalized in our lives that we just – we just go with it. And we stay for our children. We might stay for our pets. We might stay because we're afraid of making that leap into uh, not knowing where you're going to eat, where you're going to sleep. Where, where's your job going to come from? Where's money going to come from? You need insurance. Perhaps you have issues with your health. And so you're, you're kind of in that fearful stage. If I make this jump or if I call the police or you might sympathize and empathize with your abuser where he's like, well, I don't want him to get in trouble or I don't want to fight back because I may hurt him. And I did that, girl whoever's watching or even guys, I did that. I didn't want to hurt my partner. Uh, so I didn't fight back. I didn't call that police. I didn't leave at Christmas time or the holidays because I didn't want him to be alone. Those are things I thought about. I know it sounds kind of strange, especially if you haven't been in an abusive relationship. You know, you might be listening to this and you're like, you guys are all just smoking something <laughs> really and truly you and you might laugh. If you've never been in an abusive situation, well, God bless you. I hope you never have to experience that ever. And But I encourage you to be supportive for someone that's been in this relationship. And it's going to look crazy because they might want to go back to this person. They still love this person. And they want to continue that relationship or to fix it or go to counseling. And you on the outside might be looking in, uh, that's awful or crazy. That's a couple crazy. Why would this person want to go back to that? And sometimes it's easy when you're the person looking in, okay? But when you're living in that, it's very consuming. It's very passionate. It's that Stockholm syndrome. It's that um, loving that person so much. But again, you're normalizing it. You're normalizing that behavior. And I know I wanted something more for my children. I wanted them to learn that this was not right. This is not a normal relationship. This person pushing me or shoving me or pinching me. This isn't normal. You know, even in the bedroom, I when I didn't want to do anything and he forced himself on me, I would say no. I would scream or he would choke me until I passed out. Thing and just so he could so he could basically rape me so he can have his release. I knew that was wrong. I knew in my heart of hearts this can't be right. Even though he would say, Well you're my wife and even the police were like, Well you were married to him. You know, you have to they didn't say, well, you have to do your wifely duties. It's like, well, it's not rape if, it's, if you're married to them. I think that is definitely, and I know that is definitely something that many victims need to understand, that it's still rape. Okay? If this person's forcing themselves on you, it's still rape. Anyway, I'm getting off the topic there. But what else can you do? Maybe you don't want to come forward with sharing your story, and that's okay. Share a post. it doesn't have to be my post, but share a post, share a podcast, share a YouTube video about abuse. Maybe get involved in different organizations, like for your birthday, you donate funds to uh, your local shelter or a big organization, something like that. And that's a great way to start. Uh, But, again, if you wanted to start small with just sharing posts, something that you learned about, something that you uh, believe in, maybe somebody's story, that's an excellent way to start writing to your legislatures, your government officials, in order to begin even a small change, can help victims supporting a bill, some sort of law that you heard about that's coming. So you can start maybe educating or maybe uh, you can even... Just get that word out, get that information out, really, that can help. Perhaps you can think of starting a program in your area that you've heard about from a different state or a different country that's working for them in order to bring awareness about abuse, to start that program, to educate even abusers that this is something that they're do, that they're doing in order to um, perhaps uh, bring, because sometimes when you're an abuser, you don't even realize you're doing it they might be unwilling to come forward. And a lot of times when we have those programs, they're mandated by the courts. At least it is here in the States that they have to go through it. So I don't know if they really and truly, I know my ex went through anger management and I don't know if it really benefited it from him. And I have to wonder that if his son, and if somebody wants to help me and shout out about, about this, if somebody going to a abuse, uh something that's mandated by the court to talk about abuse. What is abuse? Um, What is that uh, anger management type of thing? If they went to school for that, does that teach them things to look for? I always wondered about that. If they're learning, okay, what's abuse? I've heard, and the only reason why I think of this, because I I know I've heard a few people mention that once their abusers started going to these courses, they noticed that they almost become sneaky and in their abuse towards them so i don't know if anybody wants to to tune in on that chime in let me know what you think about that one but it, it takes it really does take a lot of support it does take a lot of love it does take patience when you're waiting for that person that again you're looking in on the outside you see this person struggling to leave her abuser or his abuser and they want to go back. So, I mean, patience, please be patient with that person. And no, and and I've been on that receiving side too. And just kind of shaking my head like, oh, my God, why don't they wake up? And I know and I know that's bad because it's like that was me so many years ago. But now I am 12 years out. And it seems I'm so far from being removed from that kind of energy that now seeing a victim in that situation, it's like, oh, please wake up. And and I empathize and understand the struggle. I have to remember that. And I have to kind of put myself back in their shoes without literally putting myself back in their shoes because I want to maintain my energy. But just to pray for this person to really be a shoulder. You might hear the same story over and over again, but just be there for that person, okay? And even praying for them, praying for the victims, the survivors, having a little prayer, and even empathy for the abuser, you don't know what that abuser went through. And I'm not by any means, a stretch of imagination, giving any sympathy for that person because when you abuse somebody, there is a conscious thought that you want to inflict that control, that pain. That hurt with that person. There is that that thought, and I know it seems odd to to pray sometimes for your abuser even to find forgiveness. But I know I've gone to a place myself where I still pray for my abuser. I do. I still pray for Rob, and I do pray that he gets the help that he needs. That um, whatever demons inside him wakes up and leaves. It flees. So I mean, I do pray for him, and there come a time when you might do that where you feel that you need to, to pray for that person anyway. There's also consideration when you are, and I've heard this as well, where that abuser all of a sudden went through a change. They started a medication. They developed a Lyme disease or some other illness, and they noticed maybe it's a, a growth on their brain. All of a sudden, they become a lot more violent. Dementia patients, Alzheimer's patients, they weren't violent before, but now they're violent. So something like that. And again, not that I am condoning or even offering support to that. Does that make sense? Support to that person. But I know there's some situations that are, there's medical conditions where this is happening. I'm not, I'm not trying to, to give any like, oh, poor baby, but I know those things can happen. And it's like out of the blue, all of a sudden their behavior changes. So that does happen. Um, allergy season oh my nose so again it doesn't um, justify the behavior it doesn't excuse the behavior but trying to find help and break that chain to maybe switch out that medication find a way neurologically to help that person so they don't harm anybody maybe taking yourself out of that situation even just for a season might help so i know there's a lot of of things that we need to do in order to meet the goal of getting the education out there to start making these changes. But it does start with you. It starts at home. It starts with just getting our message out that there is hope. There is There can be radical change. And there are change makers out there that are changing laws. And they are uh, being vocal about their situations, about what's happened to them. Maybe there was a death, unfortunately, to somebody. Hey, Miss Leela, how are you doing? Thank you for watching and tuning in. I appreciate it. But there are things that you can do out there. And I just applaud those that are getting out there to make those changes for laws and making those changes to help benefit the world and for us, our communities. So I'm going to sign off now. And I am going to give you one thing real quick. Um, If you are encountering somebody with... uh, You know what? I'm going to make that for another day. I'm going to save it for another day because it might sound a little weird. Um, but I'm going to share it in my group, Survivor's Cafe, because they know, they know me already. <laughs> they know my weird. So I'm going to let you go. This is Melinda. I'm going to sign off. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And thank you for joining me on this Teachable Tuesday. And I'll see you on Sunday for Soulful Sunday. All things related to self-care and self-love for emotional traumas and abuse. So I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Stay safe. Love you.